Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Okay, I'm done our notices. I'm going to hand over to Dave, who's going to come and speak to us this morning. So let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for Dave. We thank you for the word you've put in his heart. And I pray now, God, you'll give us ears to hear what you have to say to us today. I pray you'll help us to open our hearts, our minds, our ears, that you would speak to us, Holy Spirit, through Dave. Let your spirit just come on him right now and lead him and direct him with your word for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. New shirt. I hope you're blessed by the new shirt. I, uh, of course, get all my fashion tips from John Batsford. So, uh, John, you're to, to blame for this wonderful shirt I've got on today. Uh, there are two questions that people have. I've gone over this before, but I would, I'll say it again. There are two questions that people have. One is, is there a God? And the second one is, if there is a God, can I trust him? And I want to address some of those points today. Um, I, I saw something recently. It said, the gospel is not advice about how to find God. It is news. It is good news. Other religions give advice about prophets and sages, about how they believe that you can find God. Christianity is different. Jesus said, I am God, and I am the way to God. So I'm going to be addressing that uh, this morning, one of those points. The other one is there's a, there's a whopping lie that I hear so often um, from people, whether they're in the media or just generally, which is, well, the, the Old Testament is about a, an angry God, and the New Testament is about a really nice, sweet God. It's not true, and I'm going to be looking at uh, Isaiah uh, today to show you that there is, God is the same God in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. Jonah said he was angry with God because he was so kind and compassionate, full of mercy and full of grace, and that is an Old Testament story. I want to look at Isaiah uh, and I'm only going to do this in a short time, I, I, I hope. That's the plan anyway. Um, just a little bit of context about the book of Isaiah. Uh, the, the book of Isaiah was written 700 years before uh, the coming of Christ. 700 years. So it's 2,700 or so years since this book was, was written. And uh, so that we're talking about the, the Bronze Age time in, in history in the, in the UK. But what we see is something that is, is amazing. When we look at this passage, uh, we will look at and see that God does, this is a prophetic word. So it is 700 years before the coming of Christ, but it is talking as if it is in the past. So much of it is spoken in the past tense. 
and then it comes at the second half of the, the passage, it looks into the future. When you read it, it is clearly the cross of Christ. Um, just one other thing about the, the context of this, which is that the book of Isaiah, uh, I've all, I was taught very early on, was like the gospel of the Old Testament. And actually, you've got 39 books in Isaiah that are like the Old Testament, and then you've got 27 books in the, like the New Testament. And that reflects exactly the makeup of the, the, uh, the Bible. And in the middle of that 27 chapters that are focusing on the coming of Christ in Isaiah, we come to Isaiah 53. And it's, uh, it's amazing to see what he said. But remember, he spoke, this is spoken in the past tense. So when we read it, let us stand before the cross and read it. So let's have, I'm actually going to start from 52. Uh, and have we got that on the, on the words? Because 52 seems to very, very neatly go into 53. So it's 52, verse 13. In my, in my Bible, it says, The Lord's suffering servant. See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one could scarcely know he was a man. He will startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence, for they will see what they had not been told, and they will understand what they had not heard. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief, and he turned, and we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away, and we have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. I'm going to stop there for the moment. There's, um, in fact, I probably won't come back to the next part. There's, uh, in theology, it is called uh, atonement. What happened is that the, the Jews, uh, they used to, part of their, their services, the Yom Kippur, was that to... Uh, pay for this, the sins of the whole people 
they would get a goat and they would put their hands onto the goat to, if you like, transfer their sin onto this goat and then send it into the wilderness to die. And that is what this passage is about. When we come to this passage, we come to the cross. We come to the cross of Christ and he's saying, all your sins, all the things that you have done wrong have been laid on Jesus, on the Savior, on the Messiah, on that, that goat, that scapegoat. We, don't, we kind of have a, a negative attitude about a scapegoat. We kind of think it sits uncomfortably because we feel it is unjust. It was unjust. Jesus was perfect. He hadn't done anything wrong. And yet he came so that we could put all our sins, all the pain, all the, um, the, the suffering onto him. So let me say to you this morning, when you stand at the cross... Don't just stand there and turn, or perhaps turn your head away, as it says in that passage. Look at him. Transfer your things, your afflictions, your diseases, your pain of rejection. Put those on to Jesus, because that is what he came for. He was whipped for that. He was pierced for the, for the healing of the things that... Uh, afflict us. So I, I, I feel very strongly that there's um, people, people who have been robbed in the past, I feel God would say to you, don't let yourself be robbed of your future because of your past. I think Phil actually mentioned this earlier on, and I thought that's exactly what God is saying to us this morning. Stand before the cross. That's what he came for. It's what he died for. Innocent as he was, put those things onto him. He is the creator of the universe, and he wants you to know peace. Um, the other thing, the thing about the, the fact that he's talking about this in the... So he's in the future. Sorry, I'll start again. He's in the past but the, the prophecy is looking uh, into the past, looking at the cross. But do you remember what it says in Ephesians 1? It says, I chose you before the foundation of the earth, before the foundation of creation. I chose you. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, he has known you from before the foundation of the earth, and he wants you to know him more. Only through accepting God as the scapegoat, as the one who's taken all the things that we have done wrong, will we experience peace in our relationship with our Creator. It's a peace that will enable us to face the future without anxiety and even death with, with, with confidence that comes from an intimate relationship with the God who made us.
So come to him. If you don't know him, if you are seeking that peace, you are twisted up in your gut with that anxiety, he's saying, come to me. Put all of your burdens onto Jesus because he paid for all of those things by his death. We, were, we would have turned our heads. I tell you, I would have been, if I were living 2,000 years ago, I would have turned my head. I probably would have picked up a stone and thrown it at him and cursed him. But he died. He made that choice to die for our sins. And that's the most wonderful news. Imagine, I go back to what I said at the beginning. This isn't, this isn't just news. This is good news. Imagine what it's, if that was what came on the, the evening news. Man has died for you to have eternal life. It would be headline news, wouldn't it? It's the most wonderful news. You can receive that this morning. If you know Jesus already, which many of you will, but you are struggling with anxiety, put those burdens back on him. Stand at the cross when you read this scripture again and put your burdens back onto him and you will be free. You will know that peace. You will know the presence of God and you will know that wonderful relationship with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords and the creator of the universe. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish there. But let's, let's just pray. Because I feel God would want to, if there are healing issues that you, that you need, this is the scripture that always shouts at us, come to me so that you can have freedom. So Lord, we just pray, come. Come, Lord. I pray for people who have got irritation in their, in their bowel and in their bladder. God wants to come by his spirit and touch you now. In Jesus' name. You, will, you may feel a tingling in your, in your ankles. If you've got problems with your ankles, Lord, I pray that you will send your fire on people now, in Jesus' name, to heal those areas. People who have got, uh, there's somebody who's got deafness in their left ear. Father, I just pray, come and speak your word into that ear. Release it now in Jesus' name. People who have spots before their eyes, and that is worrying you, it concerns you. Bring that to the cross. Bring that to the scapegoat. Bring that to him now. Lay your hands upon Jesus and give him these burdens. Those who have felt that they were despised. I think this is a really powerful one. People who feel that they have been despised by family, particularly. There is freedom for you today. But don't despise others. That's what God would say to you. Don't despise others. But you can be free because God loves you. He has chosen you from the beginning of time. And that's what he will set you free to know him more intimately. 
It says he was crushed for our iniquities. That is what he has done. We can do nothing. We are not super, super wonderful people. We just come to him and ask for his forgiveness. So, Father, I just pray. Release a spirit of repentance on people now over this land, over this, this area, over this nation. Lord, will you just release that spirit of repentance that we can come and see you clearly and know your love. Lord, come. Fill us with your joy. Fill us with your peace. Fill us with the knowledge that you know everything about us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.